0: i see the world as sort of a you know 4d jigsaw puzzle all the time and 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 observe how things work and don't work and so that's kind of what i brought with me into every company every company's tried to solve some problem and that problem continually evolves but i'll tell you the key is not being a problem solver as much as it is figuring out which is the right problem So it's kind of a meta problem, which is figuring out the right problem to solve and then drilling down to solve that problem.
1: Welcome to the Art of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dana Bozinski, and I'm excited to be interviewing personalities from all different backgrounds on how they've learned and earned success. Our goal is that the stories would equip you to achieve success both personally and professionally please note that there may be explicit words or conversational topics in this podcast so if you're underage or listening with a child please be aware of this lastly please note that all the views beliefs and opinions are not always a reflection of the hosts okay let's jump in all right malcolm cassell welcome to the artist success podcast
0: thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here today you
1: know i think was uh we were talking to is pretty funny how we have some mutual connections from santa monica and uh, how how we got connected here. And uh, why don't you tell before we dive into some of that story, which I really do want to tell, uh, tell us a little bit about what you've done and what you're doing right now, and uh, kind of how you maybe got there as well.
0: Sure, sure. Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur trained as an engineer in computer science. So I go way back to the first dot com when the internet was first a thing. I remember, I started my first company. I I went to grad school at Stanford in computer science, and you know, uh, Jerry Yang was one of my classmates. You know, started Yahoo and many other folks at the early days. And I remember when I started my first company, uh, we were talking to people, and they're like, "Well, you know, there's only like 10 million people who have you know email accounts or on the internet."
1: (laughs) No way. Um,
0: Could this is this really going to be a thing? like how big a market could that be? And you know, now it's four billion, right? So it's just fascinating uh, to have been there at the very beginning uh, and witness, you know, how things have evolved.
1: Hence now probably your faith in the fact that like, people are like, how many Bitcoin users are there really? Or how many crypto, are they really? And you're like, I've already heard this story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, I lived it. It It's the same thing with mobile phones, you know, and mobile payments. Uh, and we watched how the mobile ecosystem drove new businesses to just go crazy instagram and whatsapp and venmo uh, so you could see how this proliferation of of devices and really being in the hands of everyday consumers enabled uh, businesses to go from 0 to a billion dollars like faster than we've ever seen right. uh, so anyway so i've been in the entrepreneur space for a long time clearly in tech uh, built a number of companies a few of Gone public. A few have been sold, and a few have been shut down. So I've I've seen all sides of what it's like to be an entrepreneur, as well as done a lot of investing along the way. So I've had some 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 great successes and some fail- some investments that went to zero. So you know I think like everyone, you learn from your mistakes hopefully, and you know make. Make better decisions, better choices. That's so let's let's career.
1: talk about let's talk about wax and op skins. So for every gamer out there, like that's like those are big words, right? So but the non-gamers, I don't think they understand how big of a deal it is.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Opskins is like the Amazon of virtual items. You know, we are we're the seven hundred pound gorilla for non-physical items. And when you say that to a non-gamer, they sort of scratch their head, like, "Well, what does that mean? <laughs> a non-physical item?" <clears throat> and it's, it's it, the easiest way to think about it is you have a you have a, the video games industry is about one hundred and thirty billion dollars annually. About eighty wow. percent of that, so let's say hundred billion, is the sale of virtual items. Like that's how video game companies make money. They sell you a virtual. That item.
1: just blows my mind.
0: Now, by the way, the film industry, the movie industry, all of entertainment in Hollywood is only ten billion.
1: No way, there's not a chance. Yeah, it's
0: 10X. So, yeah, that's just the virtual items. The whole video game industry is 13X.
1: Right, and the, the thing that people don't realize is like you don't even own it, but you kind of do, right? So when I have like my avatar in a game and I buy a, a weapon for them or I upgrade the weapon or I upgrade an outfit... I mean, even thinking about this game, I love enjoying like golden tea. I don't know if you're familiar with golden tea. You know, they're usually in like bars and or whatever, mm-hmm, like uh, mm-hmm. golf, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I spent yeah. like eighty bucks on, on my avatar, <laughs> and it's like this two D <laughs> ugly pixelated version of a golfer. But like, it, it's it's yeah. real. Like until you start really thinking yeah. about it, yeah. Keep, keep going though. Well,
0: <clears throat> we can talk about that. It's a fascinating conversation because it's really all about brain chemistry. That's why you're willing to spend money on it. But we sold an item recently for sixty-one thousand dollars, <laughs> oh. and it is it is literally just some pixels on a screen. Now, it looks better than the, the avatar you have in your game. It's really cool in three D, uh, but <clears throat> it's still pixels on a screen. But and To the psychology it thing, is, it's
1: like status, right? It's like it's like the Ferrari. Well, not just status.
0: It, it, status is important, but you know, there's four brain chemicals, right? You got ox- the happy ones: so the oxytocin, serotonin, you know, dopamine. Uh, and endorphin, and so when when you look at why people like skins, which is that's what they're called because they wrap around your your whatever the thing is you're playing with. If it's a if you have a backpack or you have a, a weapon uh, or you know something you'd wear on your you know avatar, or a pair of shorts or a jacket, uh, these are called skins. And so you think about well, you get the sense of belonging right because hmm. you're in your tribe you get this yep. sense of surprise when you receive it randomly right you open up <laughs> you open up a, a box and boom there it is so you get that excitement <clears throat> you get this sense of status right because you stand out because you have this cool thing uh right. and you get this this real uh, ability you get to share it uh it, has well, it helps value. you win more too
1: just like another thought is like some of those upgrades are like well your weapons you know to attack stronger or something it's like. And people want to win, and that's like kind of what also probably helps with that dopamine release, or that whatever it is.
0: Yeah, so some items have function in the game, and some items are purely cosmetic. They literally don't change any function, they just change the way you look. So one of the things that's very popular is, you know the dab, the dance
1: move? Yep.
0: So (laughs) you, you can buy a dance move for your avatar, so when you do something cool, you can activate, and you can watch your avatar dance. So that doesn't help you win, but it certainly helps you enjoy. So that's the point. We're
1: talking Fortnite stuff here. Like I was just playing, yeah. I was just in LA. I know we were trying to sync up and my buddy was like, Hey, you want to play Fortnite? And I've never played it before. I'm like, well, sure. And. You know he he's like everyone's dabbing and doing all these dance moves, and he's like, well, yeah, that one cost me a few bucks there and a few bucks there, and so th- so then, so that's that's op skins though, right? W- the one is is that is skins just clothing, and then what's the difference between op skins and wax? Kind of talk about that.
0: Sure, sure. Just just we're clear about Fortnite. Fortnite did three hundred million in revenue in April. So just 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 want to be like clear <laughs> about like just how many skins were bought in Fortnite 300 million okay So um oh my the op skins yeah you know. so the and difference is all you're doing is facilitating
1: that right like I'm sorry I'm, we're just having fun here but like oh, all no, you're no, doing, no, doing no, is facilitating no, the, the no. excitement of a community coming around and wanting to exchange virtual goods Yes, so we are a marketplace.
0: So it's that peer-to-peer matching. So it's similar to what happens on eBay, right? We match a buyer and a seller. And so opskins is this business we started in 2015 and we quickly sort ter- of filled in a gap, which was how do you and I trade something of value and we don't know each other? How do I how do I buy it from you? Like we don't know each other, so there's this Mexican standoff, right? Like who goes first? Right, because right. there's risk. You give me the money and I run off the money, you don't get the item, or you know, I give you the item and I don't get the money. Or the, right. or the money could be charged back, or the item could be fraudulent. So you know, we play a role of an intermediary and make that work. Now, the thing about WAX is that in the world of what's next in terms of technology, Opskins was very successful, built a great brand, had millions and millions of customers. The question was, what is the risk to that business? and the risk to that business was something that was peer to peer. And so rather than waiting for it to be built by someone else, we decided to build it ourselves. So we literally disrupted ourselves. And I think of it as sort <laughs> of like facing the innovators dilemma head on, if that right. makes any sense.
1: It totally does. Uh, it's and it is, someone's it's gonna do it, to do. and are we gonna, are we gonna be the ones that do it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to do. It's very, very hard to do. Uh, if you are running a company and suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, uh, we're going to build our competitive platform while we're running our existing company. Well, that's geez, hard, man. That's expensive. It's, 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 it's hard and expensive, but we did it and we've made that transition. And as of two months ago, we basically burned the boats at the shore and we said wow. we are full on uh, switching to blockchain and full on embracing an item centric view of the world. And yeah, and so we are all in on it. And we, So that's, and the wax, it. that's
1: the wax then. Wax is the company that's, that's your competitor that you guys built.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: And the whole exactly. idea of that too is it because like when you Vatimize or when you like digitize some of these items it's like so if I have a if I have a uh, a famous uh, ba- basketball card like there's only 20 of these basketball cards and the way that you know it's the, that it's one of the 20 basketball cards and not a counterfeit is because there's all these different things that they put into the card, right? If you think about probably the the $100 bill is easier, right? You can look and put it to a, a magnifying glass or black light test. But is it also because on the blockchain you have this immutable uh, strand of data that shows that like, hey, this wasn't just like coded up. This is one of the 20 of this item, which creates scarcity, which creates value. Is that kind of the idea of why Opskins was thinking we have to go this route? So,
0: the part of it, uh, it's, it's like when you tell someone, it's like a Bitcoin. Nobody can take your Bitcoin away from you. I mean, they certainly can't regulate it away from you uh i mean somebody could steal it essentially if they hacked it or or threatened you but they can't actually by law decree you can't take away your bitcoin so there's a certain sense of Mm -hmm. of safety you have you're like this is mine right it's like property rights and so when you put virtual items on a blockchain you imbue that same sense of self-determination and this is mine and no one can take it from me yet you know, out of that hundred billion dollars of virtual item expenditure that happened last year, you know, a very, very small percentage of it uh, was actually, let's say, free to trade and use. And from that, uh, those users were still at risk. that game companies shut down or changed their mind or changed their policies.
1: That's what I was gonna ask you. Are you kind of like the central place where like it all is stored in one location? Well, we
0: store it in the blockchain and other people are creating items in the blockchain, but we're the place where they come to decide to swap it with somebody or to sell it. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. And, and so Opskins, you know, did 150 million uh, transactions to sales last year, you know, and wow. was grew hundred, several hundred thousand users a month. So it, it's, it's definitely at scale. So we brought all that over to Wax and said, well, that customer base, that know-how, the technology, the transactions, all that will be running on the WAX blockchain. And in fact, we launched, so interestingly, about two months ago, we launched the alpha version of our chain, and uh, we were like, you know, tickled pink with it, and we launched a new a new um, collectible from uh, these guys uh, that called it Vigo. And it's now the biggest decentralized app in the world. I What's mean, it called? Well, it's, it's on the WAX. A blockchain and the collectible is called Vigo, V-G-O, V like Victor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it is now the largest dApp in the world. It's many times larger than all the other dApps put together uh, and many, many times larger than all the other games and collectibles. So we've, we've sort of, you know, a year ago when we said we were going to do this, we said, well, we're going to bring our knowledge, know-how, and customers over to Wax. And two months ago, we sort of turned on that spigot and we're already seeing massive user growth. Um, it's 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 even bigger than than Obscans uh, now. The users are just taking off uh, by storm. So we've made that we've made that shift. You know we're like fully in the boat. We burned those boats to the shore, and we've gotten you know or a new a new uh, a new boat which has wax on the side of it. But it is a intense intense business i mean it's constantly changing so
1: for all those noobs too that don't know dap is decentralized app right so you're saying it's one of the most used decentralized apps i mean it's like yeah what you guys are doing is crazy man and this is where our story is kind of funny so we've got a mutual friend that we never knew about and then we had another uh group of individuals that connected us and so my cousin reached out to me two three months ago or maybe no when did you guys when did you guys launch your, your ico
0: we did a token sale for Wax that was in Q4 last year, so 2017.
1: Wow, it's been that long. So he reached out to me when yeah. you're doing that. And what did you guys on your initial raise? What did you guys do again? It was like fifty we million sold, or
0: we sold about a hundred million dollars worth of tokens.
1: Yeah, and so so when you yeah. did that, I you know my cousin sent me you know over Wax, and I was like, gosh, I've heard about that before, and I heard that you guys had kind of really made the decision to move Opskins to Wax kind of at at, at the penthouse in Los Angeles in Santa Monica uh, where you guys were kind of maybe talking up there with our mutual friend or something like that and not with him, but like your group of people. And so I'm like, well, let me look it up. I looked it up and I'm like, oh, this is huge. This is going to be huge. But I never took the time to actually buy any. And you guys, I mean, the token sale was great. Tons of excitement around it. And it's just the beginning, right? But um. It's, it's cool how we're talking now, and I, I, I love your stories. I love the story that you have kind of about the jigsaw puzzle and bringing in the gaming background and how you made a career about that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, that problem-solving um, you know, skill that you integrated into as a, as a passion of yours that's made you valuable in your companies?
0: Yeah, I think for me as an engineer, if I think back, like where did that start? It was as a kid, you know, I would have Legos and I would come up with an idea, something I wanted to build. And then I would work backwards and say, okay, well, how do I get it done? And I would put Legos and build things that would integrate with the rest of not just the toy world, but things in the kitchen or things in the in the workshop you know we had a barn with you know a place to build stuff which was probably pretty dangerous for a kid but anyway <laughs> i was i was i was driving a tractor at like 12 or 11 or 12 oh you know so gosh. that's what it's like on a farm you know um but but and nonetheless i was always interested in solving problems making things uh, work that that there was no clear answer to and so and and i see the world as sort of a you know, 4D jigsaw puzzle all the time and and, and observe how things work or don't work. And so that's kind of what I brought with me into every company. Every company's tried to solve some problem and that problem continually evolves. But I'll tell you, the key is not being a problem solver as much as it is figuring out which is the right problem. So it's kind of a meta problem, which is figuring out the right problem to solve and then drilling down to solve that problem.
1: That's killer, uh,
0: and, and I'd say that's one of the pieces of wisdom I have for anyone who's a would-be entrepreneur uh, or thinking about you know what to do. Even I think even in a job at a company, you know, it's like you have to figure out like where to put your energy first, uh, and that's prioritization, time management, and so forth, and then applying you know your skills to make to make that you know um, take it to the next level. So.
1: That's killer. You know, I <clears throat> when I think about what like the Art of Success podcast represents, I think about. Not just the idea of helping people define personal success, which is part of it, and professional success. That's part of it, and how people have innovated themselves. That's all part of it, but also just like maybe this, like let's go into something really quick where for people listening right now, I want you to kind of maybe share with them. I, I think that we we don't understand maybe what it means often when we're working in jobs. Not everyone's the CEO, not everyone's the CIO, not everyone's the president, most people will work in a support staff role, and that doesn't minimize the power and need of their role, right, in the team. But you're, you're, you know, the president of Wax. Why don't you talk about when it comes to critical thinking and integr- integrated problem solving? What types of things you like to see in an individual that is a huge asset on the teams um, that you work with?
0: Yeah, I think the key skill is. First of all, being super curious, right? Because you have to constantly absorb new information and take it and, and incorporate it, and use That's it good. and apply it. So curiosity, like intellectual curiosity. And you know, when you ask people, what's your hobby? You know, that hobby will tell you a lot. Like, oh, they're interested in history. Oh, they're interested in, uh, you know, something like a hobby that requires, you know, a certain mental rigor. You know, like if somebody says, yeah, yeah, I like to, you know, fix up cars. like. Is a guy who definitely is like an inherent problem solver. Cause that's sort of 99% of what you do. You spend 1% enjoying the car and 99% of the time fixing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, and anyone who says they're in the classic cars, you know, unless they yeah. have a staff of people managing it, you know, they're always fixing it. So, you know, it's, it, to me, it's like inherent curiosity. The second is the ability to communicate. Right. So, and, and that's like so important to be able to share and understand and just being a really good listener. Uh, I think that's, you know, eighty percent of communication is listening. That's then, cool. you know, the next thing that is so important is I, I call it like discipline, like just the ability to focus and stay interested in something and carry it, like that ability to follow through. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people I've met who, you know, have like ninety-five things going on and complete one or zero, you know, because of that. The rigor necessary to kind of and discipline necessary to stay on it. Um, so, those three things are like, I would say, fundamental base skills. Mm-hmm. You know, then you have like, okay, is your experience appropriate? Because, you know, we find people who have all those skills but don't have the appropriate experience. And you're like, well, you know, the learning curve is a little too high. So, not the right fit, though, will probably be successful in something else that they do. Uh, so, there's so- this, you know, this delta between.
1: So tell me this, what are, what are your hobbies? <laughs> like me, what kind of well, maybe mirrors a little bit of what you are in that? Professional yeah.
0: World? Yeah. I mean, I've been a martial artist like most of my life. So I really love understanding, you know, it's physics in a lot of ways and then understanding the human body because it's all about flexibility and delivering power and speed and reaction time and, you know, center of gravity and how you're positioned. And then, then that's just me. Then add the opponent. Then you've mm-hmm. got like that. All
1: square, these variables.
0: All these variables. And to me, it's just so much fun to sort of work through that because I'm, I'm in doing this real time processing of the whole situation. And of course, you know, you stay fit, you stay connected to kind of like what's inside you because there's a, you can't have any, you know, mental uh, gobbledygook getting in your way when you know somebody's coming at you with a jab. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like get with the program or get hit. So anyway, so I, I love martial arts. It's 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 amazing to me. And then, you know, I'm really into, uh, I love studying things. So I'm constantly absorbing. And as you probably have guessed, I'm a blockchain guy. So the thing about the blockchain space is there is a never ending flood that I feel the, the size of the deluge increases every day. Of information, new technologies, how it's being applied, um, the trends, uh, the people getting involved. So it's to me, it's it's like early days of the internet. It's the same right. thing was going on. You know, there was a small group of people. So
1: if you're a learner, this, you're going to love it, right?
0: Yeah, and there was this Cambrian moment where it just exploded, just the big bang, like boom, and it was just massive amounts of uh, growth and acceleration and new ideas and business models. So
1: and if you're curious, you're you know, you're going to get fed mentally. Cause there's just so much out there. I do agree. Absolutely. It's like everything's changing so yeah. fast and it's like people that are overwhelmed by it are often people that their life is built off security, which isn't a bad thing. I just want to say that it's just, um, it, it's going to definitely, it creates a chasm though, for those that are going to kind of go out and pursue that. And those that are going to stay where they're at kind of thing. So t- mm-hmm. tell me, <clears throat> you ever seen the matrix?
0: <laughs> yeah, many times.
1: I mean how good is that movie? Every time I watch it I'm like this guy that made this movie and his team they knew something before we knew it. Like so one of the scenes when you talk about martial arts and you talk about like you know the whole I like the way you put that like the speed and the power and the composition and the balance like uh, and and kind of how like Neo's like uh, they download like all of this jujitsu and all these fighting techniques, right? Um, yeah. This is just more curious, but but it kind of plays also into I think something that's in a, in and as a part of your life, right? Is you know mm-hmm. I think the reason you like uh, martial arts is because it kind of mirrors this video game experience that you attribute to life, right? It's like there's all these variables, and you just don't want to get punched in the face, <laughs> whatever that may mean. So I guess long story short is like I want I want to understand kind of how you how you kind of Um, There's two questions. When you look at martial arts, how much of that do you see as a video game, even as a a video game connected to your life? And then the second question is, are we ever going to have that experience to where we can just like download all the martial arts and learn that way? Have you mixed with any people that are like, because i have mixed with some people that like give some good calls for these things and like say like, yeah, it's you we're years away where you can learn French in an hour by downloading it into your like neurological pathways. So first question, how do you mirror like your martial arts passion as a video game? And then how much of that do you kind of see in your own life, in your world? Like every day you're kind of assimilating this video game in your own life.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the first is that, you know, martial arts to me was I experienced that before I experienced video games, uh, and so uh, at least like really exciting ones. I mean, I experienced like asteroids and Pac Man, you know, as a kid. <laughs> but it didn't feel it didn't feel like as real as it does today. And to me, the 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 navigation, the, the limits, the goals, uh, it's competitive, you know, and it requires you to requires me. To operate against a set of constraints, and so, to that in that regard, it's just like a video game. Uh, the thing that's Ooh, different, I like that. though,
1: that's killer, is
0: I, yeah. The thing that's different, though, though, is that I feel my body, and that's one of the other things, like what we've talked about so far, so you know, on this on this uh, uh, podcast, is very mental, uh, not about the sort of emotional, spiritual, and sort of connected component. And I think that's the other thing that martial arts gives me that games don't. Uh, I get to be really grounded in who I am and in my body. And that, you know, we're, cause we are physical beings, right? We're not just a, a, a brain sitting in a box, right? right? Which is kind of where a lot of us are heading because we spend so much time in front of screens. Uh, you know, me included. I constantly have to like pull myself out of it, put the screen away, get on the motorcycle, get out in the beach or in the water at the beach. You know, or you know, go uh, do do uh, training. Those things are like really really important, I think, for my well being overall. And so, That's cool. in that respect, it's very different. And then your second question was, uh, remind me.
1: We ever gonna get to that place to where we have that like? <clears throat> not just oh. like with stuff like the blockchain, but being able to download plethoras of knowledge and information stored in all of these databases about yeah. uh, through learning, to where learning is becomes, yeah. it's just like you choose what you want to learn and you just boom, you download it.
0: Yeah, I think, I think interfaces between uh, neural models and our brain uh, should be possible based upon everything I've observed. Uh, will we see it in our lifetime, like in the next, Thirty years or fifty years, uh, I would say probably. I think we'll have you know neural interfaces that can put information in. Uh, certainly, the other way, extracting out, we'll see in our lifetime. Uh, I, I'd say it's it's a little bit of a longer shot to put information in,
1: but at the same time. So when time, you say extract out, are you talking about kind of extracting your your consciousness into some virtual experience that could you could leave for your grandchildren or something like that, or?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Memories, points of view, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. I mean, we're, people are, are, we're definitely getting far enough along that I can see that happening in, you know, in the next two decades, three decades.
1: So, That's so cool, man. I love it. Yeah. It's just, it's just being, it's just awareness. I don't know why I asked you that question. I just felt like the matrix came up and I felt like I might as well ask. So uh, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about that spiritual component. Uh, <clears throat> maybe this isn't, maybe we'll get to the spiritual component but i know that uh you kind of shared a little bit of a story about the you know your emotional health and your work effectivity, spending time with loved ones right eating the right food being grounded working out um you had you had a season right or no that you uh kind of got off and away from that and tell us about that
0: yeah yeah no i was i got really i think when i when i turned 40 i was like you know what this I have to double down and really be disciplined and focused on this, and I spent like a year or two really honing my strategies and how I was gonna go about it, and I was in like, I think, the best shape of my life. I was doing things uh, that I had, had never been able to do before. Uh, you know, jumps and flips and you know, flexibility and strength and so forth. Uh, and then I sort of went down a road where I was traveling a lot and I was living overseas and I was sort of out of my community and I got really focused on a project I was working on, and I kind of let it go. Uh, and for probably nine months, maybe a year, uh, and man, I, you know, when I sort of woke up from that fog, it was, really, I felt like very depressed because I was like, oh my gosh, like I've gotten away from my center.
1: I like the way you say that. It was a fog, like you didn't mean to get in there, and then you didn't know how to get out, and you didn't even know you were in it. Probably, like you're just in no. It. I
0: mean, it was. Yeah, it was like my experience before feeling so good and so connected was sort of like this distant memory, you know, this ephemeral, (laughs) I kind of remember, you know, and I don't know, just me, I don't know if it's me or human beings in general, but it's just like, man, it's so easy to forget when you're feeling good and you just get used to a new level, a level set, you know, and, 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 you know, it's easy to numb out. You know, to just get wrapped up in something else and forget about how good things can be when you're doing everything. And how so, good anyways, things self can cares. be
1: when things are simple, right? How good things can be very when you don't simple. have to be. How good things can be when you're just being is probably the statement, right? It's yeah. like
0: yeah. Very, simple. very, very,
1: very simple. simple.
0: Yeah. Very simple, yeah, yeah. Eating simply, you know, my time was spent simply uh, just spending time with my family, the loved ones, people I really care about, uh, people who are uh, just l- good listeners and or or curious—they're uh, just fantastic to be around. You can have conversations that are uh, really fulfilling without the yeah. need for lots of extra. Uh, and and then those that simplicity, being able to hike in the woods with you know some friends and have a conversation that is compelling and interesting and enjoy nature, like it doesn't really get much better than that. And that's right. kind of like we all have access to. It's free. You
1: know it's, it's. <laughs> that's so good man what a cha- what a challenge for someone listening right now right it's like um, let go of your ego quit. You know, if, if the only association you have with people is because you're the president of WAX, you're probably not fulfilled in your relational capacity, right? Um, and there's something about all these roles that society's given us, their schools have given us, our degrees have given us, our cultures, the religious beliefs that we've been raised in. Actually, <clears throat> taking out your roles and being you and even figuring out what that means. It's quite a difficult thing and if someone's listening to this and you haven't done that it's like you're kind of challenging them that on that right it's like (laughs) don't just get caught up in doing the project because there's it'll just it'll encapsulate you it'll capture you it'll steal from you so tell me about uh you know, the spiritual side, Can you give me a little bit on that. Then I have a few more questions before we end the show, but I want to, you know, you kind of touched on that. This is a mental experience, but I like to always kind of bring in that, that spiritual side when it kind of comes up, it seems like you carry that a little bit. So what does that mean to you? What is your challenge to someone listening to something that could ha- help them? Um, give it a little of that.
0: Yeah, I really believe that getting out of one's own way is the greatest gift you could imagine Uh, there's nothing that's brought me more success than just stopping something that i'm doing that is keeping me from getting where i want to go and so part of that is being present being in my body and there's a big difference when you're in your head and when you're mental and when you're processing things you know with a cerebral approach as, as opposed to when you sort of Take a breath, feel what is going on for you, and and move from that place. Uh, and that simple choice, over and over and over, has uh, gotten me different compounded results. Uh, hmm. If that if that makes sense,
1: dude, totally. And, I mean, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's so another challenge,
1: are, right? It's like, so how do you do that though when you got 15 meetings in a day, right? How do you do that when uh, because you can still do that. It doesn't mean you, because I think some people, they, they think one sacrifices for the other. It doesn't, um, it, it just, it's about the intent. So tell us about that.
0: I, I think the, the balance comes with habit. So I have a timer on my phone that goes off every hour, and every hour on the hour, I take five deep breaths and I recenter. And it goes off from eight a.m. to ten p.m.
1: Now, Every why day. five? Is it because they say you're supposed to have five breaths in a minute, but the average human does like fifteen to seventeen? <laughs> Is it? You know,
0: I I, I didn't I did I wasn't that methodical about it. It was more that like five felt like a, a, a short enough time that I could squeeze it in, and a, and a long enough uh, time to actually experience it. So that was sort of my, you know, my, uh, the, the
1: balance. I like that balance comes with habit. I wrote that down. I think it's a killer. Yeah. So it's, it's, so when your life's just chaos, it's cause there's probably no habit. And when you're, when you have habit, you have a little bit more control to manipulate even your conscious experience. Right. So it's like, that's killer. So we're up on time here though. I I think that that I will leave that actually as one of our challenges to, for the show. But uh, why don't you tell us to a little bit of what the art of success means to you when you hear that, what does that mean to you?
0: Well, the first thing is success is very personal. You know what does success mean to me versus what does success mean to you? I mean, they're very, very different. The art of it is the personal expression. And I always think of, art as subjective, right? It's my own personal choice, what I call art and what I enjoy as art. And so it's really such a personal thing. I think it means to me that it's about exploration to discover what that looks like because I can't prescribe something for someone else. I can give them pointers and and I can share with them my experience. Yet at the end of the day, each individual has to do what feels right for themselves
1: that's good that's great man well i think that for for this time together i've really enjoyed it uh to me i even named this podcast you know the art of success the art of personal evolution right and so Mm -hmm. i think you've kind of left us with some some challenges here my last question to end the show was and maybe there's a different challenge but if you could kind of challenge anyone with one simple action to do today what would it be
0: that simple action would be to listen more than speak and to breathe more than do
1: <laughs> so there's your challenge okay if you're listening to this wow <laughs> good luck that would be like good luck but guess what if you don't have a challenge you're not going to be challenged and if you don't have something in front of you you're just going to do what you do right and so if you can oh, yeah. focus on some of those things it's that's like that's amazing. And that that will revolutionize people's businesses and lives. Go ahead. I
0: was gonna say that's one of the reasons martial arts is so interesting to me because the challenge is what keeps me motivated to go back. You know, if you go to the gym and you're doing the same thing over and over and over, at some point you're just like, Oh man, I'm so bored with this. Yet in martial arts, there's always a new form, there's always a new, you know, opponent, there's always a new uh movement Variable. that you're moving toward a variable, exactly. And it also activates something very primal. And that is some, Ooh, something like that. we've lost. Sitting at a desk, you know, in our very, in our cubes, we drive in a cube, we live in a cube, you know, we, <laughs> d- we, buy, we buy food in a big cube, and it's all there, there's no predators, there's no danger. I mean, things are relatively safe and easy, particularly in Santa Monica.
1: Everything's relatively so, cubic. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yes, it is very few round things. So then the question is, well, what happened to that primal part of us that is like part of who we are? Well, and when it dies, another, I think other parts of us die as well. So it's really good to activate that. And that's something I regularly get to activate. And I think it's, it's part of like staying alive, feeling alive, being alive.
1: All right. When we're face to face, we're gonna have to talk about that because I feel like that's slightly why I stopped working out. It's a bad excuse, but it's like just the Repetitiveness of it Right And so But um, I definitely did have An elbow injury too But I mean that You're like no. Totally no. inspiring me man Well Malcolm no, Thanks I for did, take a time I did too Go ahead
0: In fact I got the elbow injury Boxing And then I was like Oh man I need to like Dial this back
1: Yeah You and just get out of. The, had to you get, get out of the, Yeah
0: Yeah I had to get through the injury And it took me And elbows are Particularly Difficult Because they don't heal Very quickly Or very easily And so right. it took a lot of effort To figure that out Yet you know, going through that, I learned a ton, you know, more functional movement. I realized how to sustain certain things a lot better. And now I'm back at it. So, well, and that's where I'm at too
1: right now. It's It's like, do I jump back in and without, you know, it's been only a month. I got to wait a little bit longer. And, um, I gotta tell you, man, like this has been like a very, very powerful, uh, thought experience for me being on this conversation with you. Thanks for taking time with us today and sharing your thoughts. My pleasure. All right, well, you just listened to Malcolm Cassell from Santa Monica, California, uh, doing amazing things for the world, helping the communities within gaming communities uh, transact value and uh, making a difference, helping people to find personal success, defining it for himself. You know, you can't take people where you haven't gone. And so if you're listening today, you know, a friend or family member, or business associate or somebody that would enjoy this, share it on social media, tag them in uh, in this, in one of the posts, uh, or even just forward it over to them. I hope you're more successful in life because of this episode from the art of success. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe for the future updates on other episodes releases. Also, if you've enjoyed what you heard today, share the art of success with a friend, colleague, or family member. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.